Welcome and thanks for joining us. This is Kareem Kanji and my co-host is... Greg Tilston. And we're back with another pre-election podcast episode. And uh, today we are joined by uh, Day Williams. Welcome. Hi. How are you? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you for uh, coming in last minute. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Why don't we start off with this? Why don't you tell everybody who you are, what you do... And then we'll we'll get right into talking about Toronto and the election. Sure. Uh, my name is Day Williams. I'm one of the co-chairs of Women in Toronto, an organization that was started early in 2017. Uh, just to get into Women in Toronto and what we do a little bit, it yeah. is a organization, all volunteer run, whose mandate is to tra- train and prepare women, um, particularly women of color, trans, non-binary, disabled women, mm-hmm. to train and prepare them to run for municipal office. That's awesome. Thank you. That, yeah, it is. Thank you. Yeah, we currently have a slate of candidates um, that are running. We've had two wins. Okay. Um, two wins? We've had two wins already. Okay. Y- yes. So um, I'll jump into that a little bit later. But yeah, two wins for at the provincial level, much to our surprise, ah. even though oh. our focus was for the upcoming election. Mm-hmm. Uh, the One of the parties, provincial parties, approached two of our candidates, um, and they won one of the few NDP wins in the province. But, um, and I think, I'm, I think I'm comfortable in saying that they have given great credit to the prep work that they did in our boot ca- monthly boot camps. And uh, now they're, yeah, Jill Andrews and Suze Morrison, who they are the MPPs for uh, Toronto St. Paul's and Toronto Center. Awesome. That's yeah. fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. On that. Um, now now you, you, you've got these boot camps mm-hmm. and, and, and stuff. Um, Greg, do you want to start there or like, you know, sure. they, they've been involved since like 2014. Yeah. In in women in politics. Let's let's go there. Let's oh, go okay. back. Let's go so back in time. So there was an organization called Watopoli. So the yeah. popular hashtag on Toronto, if you follow local politics, is hashtag Teopoli. A few years ago, um, you know, we just noticed that it is a very man-centric world. And a few years ago, there was also another volunteer-run organization um, headed by Steph uh, Guthrie, who, and again, very volunteer-run, and we just wanted to bring more voices, um, a feminist perspective, women's perspective, uh, to, to the city. Uh, we, um, the, our main project in 2014 uh, was the position primer, where we had candidates. We um, fielded a ton of questions to everyone running for office, um, and uh, they answered those questions, and then people could visit the website and see where candidates uh, stood on different, different platforms. Um, myself, I've also been involved in various campaigns, working closely with councillors like Kristen Longtam, who's also up for re-election, on things like uh, having a gender equity lens on the budget, um, hashtag, you know, uh, snap the budget, mm-hmm. and pushing for uh, women's voices, uh, particularly at the municipal level, mm-hmm. um, when it comes to budget time and making sure women's voices are heard. So yeah, I've been involved um, for a few years now. I've also campaigned for a few candidates. Um, I'm also out there. Um, I've done, uh, I've knocked on doors for Tiffany Ford and plan to go out uh, oh. for other wards. Mm-hmm. So, okay, yeah. so tell me about why. Like why, why? What, what piqued your interest? Why did you decide to get involved? Because there's a lot of people that would agree we need more we need better, more diverse, diverse mm-hmm. representation, mm-hmm. Uh, municipally, provincially, federally, yep. um, corporate, you know, in, in corporate lo- sure. the world and so on and so forth. Why, why did you decide to, to, to actually get involved? Um, well, I've actually have been involved in some form for another. Even in high school, I was grade nine rep and uh, student council president at university. I was also in student government. So it's always been a personal passion of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, taking a few years off. Uh, my interest was reignited, uh, certainly when it came to like federal politics and making sure, um, just on a personal level, that uh, my voice, I've, I've voted in every election ever, uh, since I turned 18. Yeah. And I just have always had a personal, I don't know where it comes from, to be completely honest. Probably mm-hmm. I'm not, I do not come from a political family. Yeah. It's just a personal passion of mine, and I have a strong sense, wherever that comes from, of a civic duty. Mm-hmm. It's my responsibility that if I'm able to, um, to give back, whether that means voting or if I have time volunteering or becoming an activi- uh, activist. Um, it just comes from a place I don't know where, but it's just yeah. been a, almost a lifelong interest of mine. Interesting. Mm. Um, I, I want to ask you about this. Mm-hmm. Um, you said you voted in every election yep. since, you, since you turned 18. Uh, and Greg and I have argued, debated about, yeah. is that where things start and stop, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, 
So keeping that in mind, okay. plus there there was a uh, an Instagram post. I can't remember her name, but she's one of the anchors for Global News. Okay. Uh, I can't remember her name, but she posted something within the last week where she's out volunteering, and she says democracy starts here in your community, volunteering, doing things to make mm-hmm. things better. And and that's you know you yeah. and I have, have, have spoken about this, and I've argued that th- that is more valuable to me than someone voting necessarily. Like if someone, because we all, after the election, after every election, Mm -hmm. um, there's always this argument online about you idiots who didn't vote, right? right? And I'm like, if that's all that you are complaining about is someone didn't, a bunch of people may not Mm -hmm. have voted Mm -hmm. so that your guy or girl didn't get in, um, you need to get your head checked. Because I'm of the opinion that yes, it's important to vote, no, I don't think that it should be mandatory to vote. Uh, I think people can have the choice who to vote for as well as whether they vote or not. I think what's more important, if people do want to make a change, is to do more than just vote. Is to be active in the community, whether it's something like what you do in terms of you know, picking a, uh, a progressive point of view and, and, and championing that, mm-hmm. um, or whether it is you know, someone who you know, volunteers once, twice a, a week, you know, in their community doing whatever it is that they do. What, what are your thoughts? Um, I will say that it is kind of difficult to answer the question because I'm literally usually the first person at the polls on voting day. It's like my Christmas. Um, and I'm still, I would say I'm evolving on this issue. I would have, I would say as recently as three, four years ago said, well, if you don't vote, it's, you know, that's your problem. And that's your way to voice, make sure your voice is heard is at the ballot box. Mm -hmm. Um, But now I would say that there are a ton of systemic barriers. um, And I think there is a mood, especially now that people want change. And I think that's coming from, you know, a generation or more of not really seeing any change. So that just, I think that Mm. discourages people to vote. And I understand why. Um, I follow a lot of amazing um, black women and women of color who also say, you know, I'm not going to vote because nothing changes. And Mm -hmm. after following some activists, you know what? I kind of understand their point of view. I I don't live it. I'm not going to speak for them. Um, But I understand, I think, a little bit better where they're coming from. That being said, there are other ways that your voice could be heard. It's in your purchasing decisions. It's who you Mm -hmm. decide to support even at the movie theater. It's who you, um, what companies you choose uh, to support at the grocery store. Um, It's who you choose to support when you need to go buy a new pair of running shoes. So I think there are other ways to make sure that your opinion and and your voices um, can be heard other than the ballot box so i would agree with you i don't think it necessarily she needs agrees to be. with me <laughs> i do i mean it, it's a difficult place for me to get to because sure. i do believe it is one of the most important things that yeah. as a citizen you can do but it isn't the only way and i think um i'm just a little wary of always looking for that silver bullet or the one answer that's What's the one to, yeah it's sure. interesting because it, you know for me it's it's been about nothing changes but I've also found the last couple of elections, I walk in and I'm just not inspired by anybody. Yeah. Like I just. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Fair. You know, it's the same. Yeah. I totally agree with you. It's the same names. And I would say, um, okay, yes, I'm a progressive. Uh, I have a progressive political uh, yeah. point of view. Um, of course, you know, I'm going to sneer at the Fords because now we have Mike Ford municipally, we have Doug Ford, whatever. <laughs> but that also happens on the left as well. Sure. Uh, or center left. You have Trudeau, our prime minister, whose father was a prime minister. Yeah. Jagmeet Singh, the NDP. His brother, brother is now an MPP. Yeah. And these are all, and what else do they have in common? They come from wealth. They come from celebrity. We have the Mulroonies um, as well, who's mm. now our attorney general, whose father was also the prime minister. So, yeah, when you see the same names mm. over and over again. Interesting. Why would you ever feel inspired? Because you just, you can tell already, just judging by the name, broadly speaking, yeah. where they're going to stand on the issues. And, yeah, mm-hmm. I can, I totally see Yeah, like, is it like two, or th- two, or two of the last three or four elections, I've literally stood there in the booth. And I walked out, and and oh. I don't I don't like that. Yeah, I'm not sure. proud of it. But I did what I could do to get mm-hmm. there. But when I was there, I'm like I'm tapping out. You're done. Anyway, yeah. So, so I, I I just want to make sure. So Farah Nasser is her name, and um, she she put a, a photo of I'm guessing mm-hmm. it's her and her family, um, cleaning up a park. So th- she quoted someone, and the quote is volunteering is the ultimate exercise in democracy. 
you vote in elections once a year, but when you volunteer, you vote every day about the kind of community you want to live in. So I thought that was so. When I saw that, I'm like, yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly what I've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, you dropped the name Tiffany Ford. Yeah. Is she running against Mamaliti? Yeah, so with the um, amalgamated wards now, yeah. the doubling of the size of the wards, unfortunately. Yeah, she's running against Anthony Peruza mm-hmm. and uh, Georgia Mamaliti. Yeah. So um, I don't know if polls are to be believed. I don't know. Um, but it looks like she's running uh, neck and neck with Mamaliti. With really? Peruza in the lead. Ah. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows? So do you... So I used to live in... Um, the ward, uh, oh my goodness, Norm, Norm Kelly. Yeah. Now, now whether he wins or doesn't, he's not, he's not my, um, not my counsel anymore. Because of the amalgamation? Yeah, yeah because of the really? switch. Yeah, they, yeah, it, it moved over. Huh. Um, I, I think even without it, he, they, they had redrawn the stuff. He wasn't going well, to, yeah, and were. we were on the edges anyways of, of his writing. But it's, Ma- it's, it's, uh, Kelly versus Karagiannis. Yeah. Um, so I know Kerry because when he was an MP, I was part of the Young Liberals okay. Association. And so, you know, I, I, I've been to his office, I've volunteered, I've gone door knocking. Um, and then I moved out and, um, and then I, I've never liked him, you know, some stuff that he is, what my mom said, he said to her. And so I've never liked him uh, ever since then. And he comes off as disingenuous to me. So now it's Kelly mm-hmm. against Kerry Giannis. The sixth dad. Yeah, so Kelly, who literally has done nothing mm-hmm. for his writing, like zero. If you go on his website, the stuff that he's done is, is back when he had black hair. Okay. Uh, zero, zilch, nothing in his community of any note. Yes, he's mm-hmm. given uh, his office has paid for uh, insurance or a permit for a couple of years so that mm-hmm. we can uh, run a pumpkin parade and, and a cleanup you know, uh, every year. Um, but other than that, he's done nothing. And then Kara Giannis, who is, he'll show up at places. I know he literally knocks on every single door in his writing. At least he used to when he was an MP. Is there such a thing as voting for, you know, the the best of the worst? <laughs> That's my um, question. It's, I, I think... Um, what to, are your thoughts on that? Oh, geez. I think, going to your earlier point, I mean, you want to be inspired. And I think, you know, there are a lot of awards, unfortunately, right now, where there's, um, there's some tough choices to be made. They have uh, DiGiorgio and... and um, Nunziata and one ward in York Southwestern, for example, it's like, how do you choose when both choices seem to be terrible? And I think as a voter, um, you have the responsibility to do a little bit of research if you intend to vote and see who can best represent um, the issues that you care about, the community that you care about. But I will say that there are plenty of wards where it's not the best choice at the moment. Um, In the case of Kelly, and Karagiannis, I mean, I don't know how you choose between the two, to be completely honest. I mean, no I would fair. look for a progressive <laughs> voice and, and see... I don't know if there's one. <laughs> I mean, there, what could happen, I don't know about this award necessarily, is if mm. you split the vote. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping is happening, is going to happen in New York Southwestern, that you split the vote between Giorgio and Nunziata, and then you have, hopefully, Chiara Padovani, yeah. um, who will take the award. You live in an interesting writing. Because yes. if, I would, if I lived in Greg's writing... Um, I would vote for Lanrick because I don't know anybody else. On the other hand, yeah, you've been friends with. Well, I, yeah, I mean, my wife, when she was with her ex-husband, lived next door to Mary Fragadakis. Yeah, and uh, and she's also worked closely with Paula. And Lanrick is one of the council chairs of her school that she's okay. the teacher librarian at. Yeah. Okay. In fact, I think you were not talking about it, like. I literally found myself in one week going to multiple uh, three campaign, campaign kickoffs. Campaign kickoffs. <laughs> okay. That we didn't expect. We didn't. We ended up at two that we didn't expect to be competing. Yeah. Because you have Paula Fletcher. Yeah. Fragadakis, Lanrick. Yeah. I actually watched the live stream. It was quite. It was really interesting. Of what? They live streamed the debate. Oh like, really? Last week, I guess it was okay. on Thursday. I think it was. And. Um. It was really interesting. I. I. Uh, I guess it started out. Landrick was talking, and somebody crashed it and said that they had signed up to 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 run, but weren't invited. So there was a whole kerfuffle. A scandal. Yeah, <laughs> so it was quite interesting. Um, but no, it was it was it was really great to hear the local views, the, the views mm-hmm. from each of the candidates. And I thought the Facebook Live was a fantastic way to do it. 
Interesting. Yes. Much like we're testing. Much like right we're now. testing. Yeah. yeah. No, it was. Um, yeah, it was. Did it was anyone really... sway you one way or the other? You don't have to say who, if so. I, but... I, yeah. Um, there were some great views shared. Okay. I will say that. Okay. I will say that. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> Politically correct. <laughs> Way to go, Greg. But I mean, this is part of the problem Put with your um, friendship ahead. Yeah. Well. <laughs> with your awards, right? <laughs> you, your choices automatically become a little bit diminished because mm-hmm. you just have fewer choices. You have, or you have um, too much choice. That's the thing, too, right? Like you've got potentially three people that you like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There right? are three. There are three you have too much. Too much choice. Yeah. Right. I hate going to restaurants where there's too much on the yeah. menu. <laughs> Right, I just, you just, just, no, just sort of like flipping just, just narrow it down, man. <laughs> but but this is this is the environment that's been created. Mm-hmm. Like, this wasn't supposed to be the case. No, this was supposed to be the year. I'm um, just swinging it back to Women in Toronto. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 please. This really was supposed to be the year that we were going to have a more representative council. Yeah. Um, Bill Five and the Bill Thirty One, or I guess it's now it's still Bill Five, uh, really threw the whole thing into. To chaos. There are plenty of people who don't even know what wards they live in. They're not really quite sure, mm-hmm. um, you know, who to vote for, who's running. Um, but that's part of it. It's part mm-hmm. of the chaos that was that was caused. And I think all we can do is spread as much information, correct information as we can. The Toronto Public Library has an amazing resource now, like a position primer of sorts. You can go and put in your plug in. I think your uh, postal code, and you can see who's running um, mm. and be able to do your research from there. So nice. using those kinds of resources, I think, is more important than ever right, for yep. the selection. So tell me about Women Win Toronto. Tell mm-hmm. me about these boot camps. These sure. these people that can graduate. I guess. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Um, it started, like I said, early 2017. It was building upon the work of other organizations like Equal Voice mm-hmm. and the Toronto City Women's Alliance. And um, there was an infamous that's now in our little circle become kind of legendary where there was a dinner uh, with a couple of our found- now founding members, um, Pema Vias, for example, who was a candidate in 2010. And um, a few people got together and said, look, you know, thinking that there were now 47 awards, Toronto is a place, one of the most diverse uh, cities in the world. Over 50% of the people identify as something other than white, Mm -hmm. um, whether that be black, person of color, indigenous. Um, And women also, they make up over 50% of the city, but 32% of council. And we thought, well, there's 47 awards. Um, This is going to be it. And um, so we decided that we, I was approached and I just said, yes, I'm absolutely, I'm in. And um, we very, very quickly uh, put the call out for people to apply because we wanted people who uh, were serious about running. It's a huge commitment to run for city council. Sure, sure. Um, financially, time-wise. Uh-huh. And uh, we also wanted people with some experience, like who are you? We wanted to get to know them because it was um, through the auspices of some organizations. It was going to be offered for free. Um, and so we had a quick... Uh, application process. People had submitted uh, letters of reference, their resumes, a short essay, why they wanted to do this. And then we... So you have to apply for this. This isn't just as simple as coming out. So people were coming to you. You Mm -hmm. weren't necessarily going to them. No. They, they, um, yeah, women heard the call. Um, And we ended up with about, I think initially about 20 like serious applications. Mm -hmm. And then what we decided to do was we put together monthly boot camps that lasted uh, seven, eight months. Uh, with other facilitators, experts in the field, like Michael Hay or Peggy Nash um, mm-hmm. came in, Chris Copperwaite from Democracy Kit, if you've uh, heard of that organization, which is amazing. And they came in and we had different um, themes, like how to leverage data, uh, how to build a brand, leveraging social media, knocking mm. on doors, your 30-second elevator pitch, what does that look like? We had role-played that for an entire Saturday morning. Um, and really being able to um, show women how to build a network and offering up even even with the facilitators give that was part of the network the problem um some of the barriers when it comes to women wanting to enter politics is that we don't have the same kind of financial resources we don't have those networks and frankly um i will say this maybe it's a little bit controversial but in many cases broadly speaking we simply don't have the confidence we're not reared to sort of like Mm. when the question is asked who wants to run for office studies show that it you have to ask a woman seven eight times and you have to ask a man once so why why is it <laughs> why is it that that women aren't more represented is, is it because they're not interested no i mean i think given you know um even what we're seeing in the states there's an organization called emily's list that saw 
I think they had one year before the 2016 election, like something like 900 uh, candidates apply, and now they have literally tens of thousands. Mm. So I don't think it's um, interest. I think, again, it's a lack of financial resources. Um, statistically speaking, women, particularly women of color, um, they're more likely to be in um, situations where it's precarious employment. Um, child care may be an issue. Um, financially, it might be not financially might be a problem and again those networks so you have to know people to know people to get you to where you need to go and mm -hmm. um, that really is like there, there are some systemic barriers that we've identified um, that we wanted to sort of package up and say you know this is how you do the thing were you were you when you were looking to champion candidates mm -hmm. were you looking for um, specific background were you looking for a diversity as uh, a diversity among the candidates like uh, are you talking about diverse political yeah, like, views or well, i was going to get to that next okay but even just to start like from a business perspective mm -hmm. or academic or ah. or community or whatever and then the next is from a partisan perspective yeah um i mean we make no bones about the fact that i mean it's very apparent that we're a progressive organization um, and that in itself there is a spectrum in there um, we were certainly looking for people there wasn't a checklist per se but there were certainly requirements like um, do you have any experience in your own community do you live in the war that you want to run in mm. do you um, certainly we have candidates who for example um, uh, Saron Gebri Selassie she is a human rights lawyer um, she has her own firm she's now running for mayor um, so certainly oh. yeah she's running for mayor um, so certainly any kind of like particular <coughs> expertise that would help in your day-to-day -day job as a counselor, we would look for. Interesting. Yeah, I was going to ask that progressive, whether we'd be just progressive women, like if Faith Goldie came and said, I want more. <laughs> Who? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we wow. had um, both people um, who are part of the Liberal and NDP party or, or yeah, independents yeah. come in and yeah. facilitate yeah. Um, different sessions. But I mean, am I going to sit here and say, you know, we would want someone? Maybe that's too much on, this, <laughs> on the other that's, that's end. That's a little far off. That's a little far of off. But yeah. but I mean, would, I mean, I don't know. I'm just curious whether, whether no, that was I a... I mean, this is my personal view on that mm -hmm. if someone from who was rabidly right wing maybe not a goldie or whatever sure. but certainly you know um blue conservative um i would say that the policies that conservatives hold especially modern day conservatives they're certainly they don't help women they don't espouse mm. or believe in policies that would progress the plight of women in any shape or form, from my perspective. I'm just speaking from my perspective. No, okay. So I would be very hesitant to bring in someone who held the kind of views that we're seeing in terms of like, yeah. you know, scrapping Bill 148 and being in support of that. Then, mm -hmm. then what are you even doing? Yeah. Can you talk to us? Was 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 Tiffany Ford someone who came oh, to um, women in Toronto? No. So she is a current TDSB trustee, uh, but yeah. she's been there from the very beginning. She okay. was there at our launch. Mm -hmm. um, I will say um, she was there at our final um workshop okay um and she showed up to sort of give her perspective on what it was like to to run and now mm -hmm. her current uh her current run and uh she came in with her nomination papers because she wanted only women to uh, sign them which i thought was a lovely gesture ah. uh but yeah she's been a vocal advocate for women in toronto she's been a supporter and, and i would say to some certain extent an advisor um for us well that's nice mm -hmm. can you tell us about someone who has sort of gone through the program um and is currently running. You said two women won in the provincial election. Jill Andrew and Sue Morrison. Yeah. Tell tell me tell me about their as much as you can their sure. experience and how you help them to put themselves in a position where they sure. could run and, and, and eventually win. Yeah. Well, um, again, our mandate is to train and prepare. So you know what we wanted to do just is really kind of serve everything on a plate and say, look, you know, we've given you the tools. Um, we certainly can't handhold you like we just don't we don't have that capacity this is uh, this again remember that this is the first iteration of women win toronto mm -hmm. um we're literally a year and a half old um but i would say that we just wanted to give them like a toolbox of sorts okay and say you know this is everything you're going to need to know um about running a campaign and what running what we think would be a successful campaign and now that we have the tools and you graduated off you go you mm -hmm. now know you have to find a campaign manager someone mm -hmm. who knows about the toronto municipal act you know that you have to think about branding and your elevator pitch and how to leverage social media 
Um, but once, you know, we're giving the tools, it's now up to, you know, our little birdie supply. We're here mm -hmm. to support them. And certainly there's been many conversations, certainly when the Bill 5 kind of landed in our laps. We're always there as a network um, and a supportive ear and voice. But our mandate is to train and prepare women. Has there been any situations where, I mean, you don't have to mention names or anything, but mm -hmm. something's gone rogue or something's gone off the rails? I just, I, I do don't know. Well, I, I don't, I don't know what I'm thinking of. Like, someone came in and said they were someone and yeah, they had it, these certain views and sort of went or whatever. against your views or, um, or not against your views, not you no, personally, no. but you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe it hasn't happened, but it just, I could see somebody come in and utilizing it. Mm -hmm. for their own purposes, mm -hmm. and then spinning it. Mm -hmm. um, I would say at the end of the day, we're there to be of service, certainly um, speaking um, on my own behalf. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm there to be of service and where, whenever I can. Um, and people, you know, we're talking about women who, um, in many cases, are entrepreneurs themselves, who certainly have developed their, have their own political point of views and ways they want to do things. Um, yeah, there have been a couple of cases where I've read a tweet and we're like, oh, okay, that, yeah. I, don't, I don't, that doesn't really jive, yeah. but... You do you. Yeah, I guess social um, media. Social media could be a good example yeah. where it could go off the rails. Where you're like, oh. So far, you know, I'm gonna yeah. if I can do that on a podcast yeah, that I sure. know, knock on wood. A um, couple of question marks, but yeah. nothing that I would certainly would say sound off any alarm bells. What is it that women face as they're campaigning <laughs> that men don't? Um, well, I mean, huh. sexism would be the overarching sort of. You know, how are you going to do this? How are you going to raise your kids? How do you, you know, how can you spend all this time away from your family? And how are you going to juggle it all? Um, mm -hmm. Those are kind of, those are the types of questions that I know your candidates have faced. Um, because it's really funny if you think about it, how often have you heard, you know, oh, the kids are with their dad. He's babysitting. It's like, well, no, you're the dad. Yeah. <laughs> you're child rearing. You're not babysitting. Um, huh. But anyways, but yeah, certainly I would say appearance. Um, you know, being a woman on social media with an opinion, not even necessarily running for office, I mean, is is a minefield of like sexism, misogyny and um, racism. Certainly for a woman of color, if you're mm -hmm. visibly a woman of color, we have um, Osma Malik in the next, last election. I'm sure you heard like faced a, just a torrent, a tsunami of, of racism. Um, and so I would say things have not evolved at all. If anything, they've devolved. Um, so certainly a lot of racism, a lot of questions about time management and skills, and I think a lot of more, a lot more suspicion in terms of like skill set and can this person do this, um, and also underlying is a little bit of like how dare she. Really, a little bit. I mean, there was a little bit of controversy in. I meant, I'll just mention again because it's sure. just top of mind. York Southwestern of. Um, a lot of it's gotten ugly between, I would say, Nunziata and Padovani in terms of accusations and um, people kind of questioning whether, you know, who uh, Kiara is aligned with and that sort of thing. And to me, there's just this underlying current of like, who is this upstart who thinks that mm -hmm. paint, you know, the ward purple, purple and green are her colors. Okay. Um, so I would say certainly. Um, but they're both yeah. women. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but because you're a woman doesn't mean you're a feminist or, or stand for women's, you know, okay. equality or anything like that. Um, so I would say certainly there's a again an undercurrent of entitlement um, that um, candidates face certainly hmm. newcomers for sure. I'd like to go down the path that you talked about sort of the devolution or devolving of mm -hmm. of uh, you know you look at social media you look at the situation we're in right now it almost seems like things are opening up and the conversations are happening more and yet we're going further down this rabbit hole mm -hmm. of uh, mm -hmm. of. Dev devolution, devolution. <laughs> anyway, use a couple of. But so, <clears throat> be interested to know your thoughts and and sort of why why we why why we seem to be making progress yet we seem to be going so far back. Um, I think it's easier. Hmm. You're not. Hmm. I'm sure the things that have been said to me, um, online, these people wouldn't say them to me if they were sitting across you know as closely yeah. as you and I are sitting. Yeah. You know together so i think it's just easier just if you're facing a screen you're less accountable for your words and it's easy to hide but hide behind you know a numbered account create a new one a new fake email address and off you go and running you know being able to to spew anything that you you know that you want um so i think it's that it's just easier because you're quote unquote hiding do you think some of the views of the leaders are also inspiring those views are you talking like here in canada well, or maybe a bit here in canada and a bit here in ontario but more 
south of the border. I mean, I've I've got into more than a few Twitter spats, mm-hmm. and I shouldn't do it. My wife gets so mad at me <laughs> when I do it. She gets it, but it's mostly when I'm sitting in an airport board for a sure. couple hours waiting for a flight. <laughs> and I'll, I'll hop What's in. Gonna do? No, but. I just find that the, the the view south of the border is feeding so much up here. Yeah. Um, I would say the hallmark of a leader is your ability to inspire people. But that, and I think the default is to think, well, inspiration is a good thing, but it yeah. goes both ways. That's a great point. Yeah. So I think certainly if you're in a position of authority, leadership, um, you can inspire for good or for bad. And I think we're seeing a lot of bad. Mm-hmm. Um. How I, I understand that you know, council has was it thirty something percent women? You said thirty two. Thirty two percent. Outside of of wanting gender equity mm-hmm. um, to reflect society, mm-hmm. are there um, conversations or laws that get passed, bylaws, these sorts of things? Whether it's uh, the budget, for example, are, are there things that council decides on that directly impact women negatively? Um, well, the example that I always like to bring up is transit. So okay. late last fall, out came a study, it was in the Toronto Star, um, that the vast majority of uh, users of the TTC are in fact women. Um, the TTC board, uh, there's 11 of them, there are two women. And it's not just about, mm. and it's not just about women and having fifty percent because it's twenty fifteen and fifty percent women and men. It's thinking about how services like the TTC are used. The way someone who perhaps uses a wheelchair and myself, we're going to navigate the TTC very differently. But I don't use a walker or a wheelchair, so the chances of me bringing forward issues that would perhaps be prominent to someone who would are lower so I would say that in the case of for example again the TTC having more women um, on say the board on Toronto City Council they're able to better reflect that lived experience that's interesting Um, say someone who for example has been in a precarious employment situation lives in a transit desert um, you elect them to council and they're be they're able to communicate what it's like to be to use the TTC or trying to use it at five in the morning hmm. as they get to job number one and then job number two that starts at three in the afternoon. So not having those kind of representative voices on council, I think, is a is a real de- detriment to how um, our citizens in the city kind of like navigate day to day life. That is so interesting. I never thought of it that way. Um, learn something new every yes day. you do no, well that's, that's, <laughs> that's 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 why we that's why we do this so yeah because i was thinking when you know when i said you know nunziad is running against another woman you had mentioned well no, doesn't necessarily mean whether woman is on council or not doesn't necessarily mean that they're advocating for you women. know for yeah right yeah i mean again it's it's there is no sort of like one answer that's going to be the big solution sure but i think part of what why women when Toronto exists is that we have to try and yeah nobody it's, else it's is step. doing it it's yeah a step, it's a right? step yeah, yeah in conjunction with like organizations like Black Boat Canada or mm-hmm. um, again the Toronto City Women's Alliance Equal Voice and all these organizations and say you know what like we're here as well and we deserve we live in the city we pay our taxes or um, we need to get from A to B on a daily basis and it's not working out for us or we need more services and Nobody who gets elected to council is in a position where they need those services, so they don't know what it's like. Um, so yeah, uh, Women Toronto is really kind of a, sort of one of one answer to be able to say, look, um, we need more representative uh, w- representative voices on council, and this is how we're here to do it. Hmm. When in office, I'm, I'm curious if any if any of the women who've uh, who've helped to facilitate. Uh, discussions and conversations at Women Win Toronto. Um, you know what issues do women face while in office now, right? So they've 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 answered the question of you know what are you going to do with your kids when they're knocking on doors. <laughs> yeah. To they win there now, mm-hmm. you know, in city hall, mm-hmm. you know, in in the legislature in in Toronto or um, in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you heard that women face that that men don't? Yeah. 
it's the same it's the same questions it's appearance is credentials sort of more sort of suspicion about like you know are you really qualified to be here mm. um what could you possibly bring um i think a lot of women's backgrounds are, are invalidated for whatever reason um they're not connected to the right people they're um, quote unquote no names coming into the, you know the halls of power um so i think it's also a question of like who's minding the kids and how do you balance and hmm. um i mean it's still a big deal in 2018 when you hear about you know women um in parliament bringing their baby <laughs> mm-hmm. um someone was feeding their baby at the u.n yeah, right yeah yeah Prime Minister of something. Uh, New Zealand. New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what they choose to bring, I mean, um, that's up to the person of what they want to champion when mm-hmm. they are, are elected. Um, but certainly, I think there's a case to be made for bringing more women uh, to office. I mean, it's a U.S. study, but there was a recent, I think it was in 2016, a study that was released that women bring up to 9 or 10% more money to their constituencies. Uh, when they're elected. They're better negotiators. They reach across the aisle more. Um, they are more likely to bring issues of like health care, senior care, child care to the forefront. Hmm. Issues that would otherwise um, be ignored. Probably not wholesale, but the chances of it are bringing forward um, are greater because those are the voices to bring them forward to begin with. Yeah. Greg, anything else? Just hearing you talk about that in terms of, you know, bringing money back to the constituency and that, it actually reminds me of, um, I had the pleasure of listening to Dr. Muhammad Yunus speak, Mm -hmm. Father of Microfinancing, and it was amazing from the perspective of, you know, the bank that he started and then the cell phone, the cell phone moms, the cell phone mothers, I think it is. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it it was interesting because he he had that view of, if you empower Mm -hmm. the women, forget about empowering the men, if you empower the women, the society flourishes. It's totally true. There was um, another study that happened in West Bengal, India, where there are some villages that I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, up to, it is legislated that there are women on council, like there has to be some representation. And so a study went, and after two years of this pilot program happening, um, virtually the education gaps after seeing women in the halls of power of being in a position of influence, the education gap actually was nil versus other villages in West Bengal that maybe didn't have, wasn't participating in this pilot program. There were massive education gaps. Hmm. So you start, see representation matters. So sure. see having parents see the possibility for their daughters, then um, inspires and influences them to make other, de- other decisions. Um, so they themselves can in turn pay it forward um, and become part of the change. Do you, with the shakeup that's happened in the city of Toronto, this election has been this election. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do to sort of lock and reload heading into the next one, knowing what you've learned from this? For um, oh, I, I don't. Mean, I, maybe I'm good thought. I, I mm-hmm. don't know. I just I'd be interested to know your thoughts because I mean, it's it's been a shakeup, yeah. and we're going to have to reposition heading into the next one. Well, the fight um, for against Bill 5 is still not over. Mm -hmm. Um, It can still go to appeal and it could. Let's just say let's be positive and say, you know what? Um, This was completely and it was against the charter. Um, We're back to 47 wards. I mean, that is a possibility. I mean, we could be be facing in a scenario, we'll say in two years in between elections. Mm -hmm. Um, We have 25 by-elections because it was found to be a violation of the charter. Um, so who's fighting that? Do you uh, know? Well, we're part of okay. the claim, and there okay. are other claims happening. That so are it's still moving their forward. So it's still stuff. moving forward. Huh. Um, yeah. So, so if I'm answering, if I'm mm. understanding your question correctly, I mean, there's a lot of learning that we've done from this first go around. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, I think we've been um, Hema, who was uh, the previous chair, um, who's taken a leave of absence. Um, I think has learned a lot from her own experience, both as a candidate and what we've been doing over the last year and a half. So certainly I think, um, and has done an incredible job of building the Women Win Toronto brand. So let's just say in a couple of years, I'm just speculating at this mm-hmm. point, um, that it's found that, you know, nope, we need to have by-elections for whatever reason, or in four years there's going to be, we're back to 47 awards. I think taking what we've learned um, and 
whatever we have planned for in between, I don't see why we, are, we wouldn't be back at this yeah. um, with another slate of candidates, for sure. You have in front of you an article that you wrote. <laughs> about I was trying to be prepared. Three, no, that's notes. great. <laughs> um, and I, I think we spoke about this already. You know, what, what mm -hmm. benefit would, would the city of Toronto mm -hmm. um, see by mm -hmm. having gender equity? But is there anything in there that we might not have touched on? Um, yeah, I would like to drive the point home that it isn't really also it isn't just about gender equity. Mm -hmm. um, I think we have to, and I don't know if you heard the term before. Um, we have to take an intersectional approach to this, because what may be important to me, um, there might be a whole host of issues that someone like a black woman, a indigenous woman who's also a candidate, sure. would have more expertise, um, would have a whole other set of issues, possibly, uh, probably. Um, that they would want to champion and bring forward. So um, it isn't just about um, equities for equity's sake. It has to be an intersectional approach because, again, we're one of the most diverse cities in the world. Um, there needs to be a diverse approach to the way we try to solve um, the issues that the city is facing. When are you running? <laughs> I'm not running. Oh, no, nobody wants that. Ever? No. You my... seem to ask this question. Each, each, <laughs> my yeah. social media feed is an automatic, <laughs> automatically disqualifying, I think. No, but I mean, if we... Okay, so, but you don't want to? Um, Do I want to? I think that the interest is always there. Um, I would have to say it would have to be in the... I, I'm more, I think the practical part of me would would take over okay. um, I had briefly thought about it um, for example but Sarah Doucette I thought who was who was my counselor did an outstanding job so I decided to, but now I mean it was a fleeting thought I don't want I, it was <laughs> it really really was um, I have been asked this question before my dad asks me all the time uh? um, every time it's so funny he happens to call me every time I'm at a rally or whatever and he's just like am I bailing you out what's happening I'm like, it's not that kind of rally um <laughs> has he ever bailed has he ever bailed you out no no okay what is no. what does your dad think of or your parents think of in terms of your um, activism i would say so my dad so we're colombian yeah. um so it's just a very different situation there um i think it's part bemusement okay. um <laughs> i think he is yeah i think he's amused by it um i also think that yeah he he would like for me to run i think he thinks um i'm qualified but you know i'm his baby so i'm qualified to do anything uh. <laughs> but yeah i think it's mostly at this point bemusement and and i think also um he i think he's happy with the fact that i like to give back and i like to volunteer my time with organizations like women in toronto neat jennifer Kismet. yeah yes no is she is she is she someone that espouses um the the beliefs the the focus of women win toronto Outside of her being a woman? Um, I mean, outside, I would stop there, to be honest. I mean, yes, she's a woman. That's amazing. I think she knows she did a half-decent job. Uh, I don't know I don't know much about city planning. I will say that from the get-go. Mm -hmm. um, I think her running has injected some energy. Yeah. Um, I would also say that there are other women also running that deserve uh, some a little bit more attention, like Such Saran, as? like Sarah, yeah. um, who I think Sarah has been on. She's yep. been on, on the podcast. Yeah, um, I would encourage you to have Saran on. She's, um, she's a formidable candidate. She's gotten quite a bit of media attention due to some debate performances. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, my I, I don't know who I'm voting for. I know who I'm not voting for. Who are you not voting? For? <laughs> John Tory. <Okay. laughs> I will say. Um, so yeah. okay, so why not out, outside? I mean. Why why not John Tory? What has he not done or what has he done that you don't see eye to eye on? Is your commute on TTC any better? Ask um, Greg that question. <laughs> don't ask me that question. I mean Just really put it on my Twitter feed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean it isn't. Mm -hmm. I think he's slow to act on a whole host of issues like carding. Yeah, uh, I think that he comments like he's a few years old now, but, you know, learn how to play golf, ladies, if you, you know, want to get into politics or, or something like that. I think that that tells you a lot about what, you know, where he's coming from. Mm -hmm. um, I think 
that, you know, he, in the whole way he has handled, especially this Bill 5 thing about what he knew, when he knew it, mm -hmm. um, I, I think that this city, given that it's the economic engine of the country, uh, mm -hmm. deserves a better champion. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. I think that's fair. Okay, so we don't know whether you're voting for Jennifer, and you, you, you've said... We, to tell us about, you know, Sarah, Jennifer, and... I'm sorry, I can't... Saran. Saran. Um, you know, what's in their platforms, or what do they espouse that you... that, that piques your interest... Uh, sure. In, in, your serious interest in, in, in looking sure. at one of them? Um, well, certainly, I mean, Jennifer Kiesmet, Jennifer Kiesmet, she is, you know, the inside player right she knows mm -hmm. she knows who's the there she knows the inner workings yep. she's had a relationship with um many of the counselors that will probably be reelected. um so i think from a practical perspective helpful for sure um sarah from what i understand um to my eye is uh the greener candidate um but that i mean you know environmentally friendly um uh, transit wants to see a lot of progress made there. I think that would pique anyone's interest, especially if you try to use the TTC on a daily basis. Uh, Saran, uh, she's known as the people's lawyer. She's a human rights and labor uh, lawyer. She has her own firm. Um, I think that she, uh, given uh, her record um, in the judicial system, she's brought to light a lot of issues when it comes to um, people of color, uh, the rights of the incarcerated. Um, certainly she um, brings, I think, a really fresh voice uh, to because these are these are issues that really aren't discussed. I mean, you could every time there's an election, I don't know, um, certainly over the last eight, 12 years, you already know what's going to be one of the hot issues, real estate, transit, mm -hmm. um, that sort of thing. So being able to bring up issues of like um, precarious employment, um, transit, but not just is this going to be built, but transit deserts. Uh, there are a lot, many, many communities in this city that um, buses are few and far between. Um, there, and there was a couple that with uh, a recent study that basically said Toronto's turning into Downton Abbey, where you have many, oh. many people who live in the exurbs and the suburbs who are in um, low wage or part-time employment, but come to the city in droves to work downtown and uh, ser in service. Um, and that shouldn't be, and that isn't right. Uh, so I think voices like Saran's are important because she recognizes that this it isn't just about building a downtown relief line. Yes, that's, you know, the big, um, sexy, shiny object, but it is also about how are we addressing food uh, or food uh, food deserts uh, like Tiffany Ford has been bringing up, has been bringing up lately. Um, but it's it's just bringing up issues that people struggle with on a daily basis that are relevant, like that are relevant to their day to day lives. Mm -hmm. and, and I think candidates like the Tiffany Fords, like Saran's, uh, Kiara, Amber Morley, who is someone I haven't mentioned, um, just do a better job of doing it because they've lived, in some cases, they've lived it. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. One of the things that we've heard from some of the discussions, like with John Sewell and others, is around taxation and the fact that mm -hmm. nobody's willing to stand up and say, mm. we need to increase taxes yeah. to pay. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? Any? Um, yeah. <laughs> raise my taxes i'm a homeowner um i'm very happy to do it uh, again uh just speaking of you know mm -hmm. myself it's yeah. just my responsibility if i want you know potholes filled and i want uh, to make sure that my commute stays under 40 minutes or whatever i have to pay for that i mean you pay you know you pay maybe a little bit more because you want your coconut milk in your latte why would you not <laughs> and I think part of the issue is the way these uh, these things are framed up. If you look at it, they're like, oh, you know, um, in order to pay for all these things, your taxes are going to go up $1,000 a year. Well, sure, it's going to hurt if I'm paying that $1,000 off um, in one shot. But if you break it out over the course of the year, I mm -hmm. mean, if you look at it, okay, so one less latte a month or whatever it is, whatever sure, the math sure, is, sure. and the city practically is, um, I think if we have the conversations that way, you can make a better case for why the need um, to raise taxes. Because if you want the coconut milk in your latte, mm -hmm. you're going to need to pay the 50 cents. Mm -hmm. Do you see anybody making that argument during this election? Nah. <laughs> no one. No, I mean, no one that the media is paying attention to, mm -hmm. really. I mean, um, the focus has been on Keys, Matt, and Tory mm -hmm. um, for whatever reason. Um, but I think that if you were to ask 
um, Sarah or Saran, they would say, yeah, absolutely, mm -hmm. let's raise taxes because it's there. If you look at what people pay even in Oshawa versus what we pay in Toronto, I mean, it's, it's a pittance, really. Um, and what we would get in return, I mean, I'm, you know, do you follow Graphic Matt on? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, he's made the case many, many times. Like we're literally talking about you know, on a daily basis, cents, 10 cents, 50 cents, and the changes that would come to the city. Mm -hmm. uh, we were just able to look at it that way. Um, I just wish that our leaders were able to better frame that up. Um, but I think, you know, that's just sort of a case of kind of right-wing politics in this city that have, you know, just taken over the last little while um, that people unfortunately don't see it that way. Fair enough, fair enough. Greg, any, anything else? No, Dave, thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. For coming in last A minute. Pleasure. For, for joining <laughs> us. And thanks uh, to everyone uh, for listening in. And if you happen to uh, catch our test, uh, Facebook Live, uh, thank you for Hopefully you heard us. I mean, watch. Yeah, yeah. Let us know whether you heard us or not, whether this works. Uh, but if you want to uh, find out more information or just to connect with us, um, you can connect uh, with uh, Greg Tilston on Twitter, at Greg Tilston, and that's Greg with two G's, G-R-E-G-G. -G. Uh, and is it still day by day? It is. Yeah, and it's D-A-I. Yep. By D-A-Y. Y. I got to correct that spelling there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm at Kareem Kanji. I want to thank girthradio.com for uh, hosting us here. They got some great shows, two awesome hosts. Uh, Sammy Union uh, recently had Ryan North, um, who... Uh, put together how to invent everything and uh, sean siriani probably has had the biggest guest that anyone's ever had um he had lips from anvil um mm. in in studio and the guy looks the same as he did probably back in the 70s with the long hair i have to check that out yeah and everything um day where can people go to find out more information about women win toronto uh you can follow us on twitter at women win to awesome uh, same thing on facebook or check out our website womenwintoronto.ca perfect and if you want more awesome conversations uh, about Toronto. I first want to apologize. There's only one woman right now that's on there. Uh, Thank you for saying that. You're welcome. <laughs> but check out uh, conversations we've had with Richard Petty, John Sewell, uh, Dan Spearin, as well as mayoral candidate Sarah Klimenhagen. I think I've pronounced that correctly. Thank you again, Dave. Yes, thank, thank you. you.